The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to episode 100 of... <laughs> yeah, it's that bad. My name is Joel. I'm Martin. And I'm Kevin. This is a show that looks at supposedly bad movies and asks the question, is it really that bad? And what that boils down to is that we look at movies that are around, around tomatoes and reevaluate that score. Does it really deserve to be that low? Tonight's movie is 2009's The Unborn. <laughs> Why did you do that? <laughs> Directed by David S. Goyer, starring Odette Yasmin, Gary Oldman, Megan Good, Cam Gigandet, James Ramar, Jane Alexander, Idris Elba, and <laughs> Carla Gugino. The Unborn is a 2009 American supernatural horror thriller film. <laughs> really? <laughs> this movie currently holds an 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. How about a plot synopsis? <laughs> Good luck. Claudio. Is, there... is this a Claudio classic? <laughs> it sure is. I would oh. love to see his take on the story of this movie. <laughs> yeah. While babysitting a boy and his brother, Casey Belton has a dreadful nightmare involving a weird dog and an evil child, and she tells her best friend Rami over the phone. Casey is haunted by this, and when she goes to the ophthalmologist, he asks if she has a twin brother or sister. She asks her father and discovers that her mother lost a son that died in the womb. Casey suspects that she is haunted by the spirit of her brother. She finds a letter addressed to a woman called Sophie Cosma and a creepy picture at home that belongs to her mother. She goes with Rami to a retirement home to meet Sophie, a survivor of the experiments during the Holocaust. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. it just, just stops. <laughs> it is so detailed it's for pure. like half the movie and it stops. Pure Claudio. <laughs> Perfect. Episode 100. <laughs> Woo! We did it. Hooray. <laughs> Here we are, back to our roots with The Unborn. Martin, what's your history with this? I saw this movie once with you, and uh, yeah, it was, we're so young. We were sitting on that fart couch. So foolish. It smelled really bad in that apartment. Kevin, what's your history with this? Well, I wasn't here for that momentous occasion when you recorded the first episode. I still had a life back then. You weren't born yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I was unborn. Born. <laughs> I was unborn. <laughs> I have never seen this movie before. I had no idea what it was even about, and I was not looking forward to seeing it. I saw this for the first time with you back in 2011, I guess. It was when we first saw this. Those were heady times. And yeah, this was the first movie that we ever watched for Yeah, It's That Bad. I had this movie lying in my apartment because when the local blockbuster imploded upon itself, (laughs) this is a movie that I bought for a dollar. Quite frankly, I wish I could get that money back. (laughs) Somehow I should sue the Blockbuster Corporation for selling me this. But yeah, I only picked it for the podcast because I assumed it would be a bad movie from the start. Was I right? I don't know. I don't know, even though I do know. (laughs) This is it. This is where Yes That Bad all began. Before the S. Darko, Taurus, Judge, Ketchum, Killums, we had The Unborn. Jumbie wants to be born. Oh, my God. So, all right, let's jump into this thing and do what we didn't do the first time we reviewed this. Let's go through these actors one by one. First up, Odette Yusman. You know, I didn't even know her name until right now because the first time I, I watched this, we didn't go over their acting prowess. Her acting was abominable. <laughs> 
abysmal, abhorrent, apropos for a bad film such as this. All those adjectives work well. She was not acting. She was incapable of acting, and, and I feel bad for her. I don't. She's a 10 out of 10 supermodel. I think she'll be okay. Ken, what do you think? I thought her acting was pretty much on par with what I expected from a movie like this. So, I mean, yeah, it wasn't good, but this is a run-of-the-mill, stupid, bad horror movie oh, acting. Uh, Kevin, you saw the Amityville Horror, right? Yeah, I did. You, that, you did too. That's a run-of-the-mill horror Okay, movie. so th- these are both Platinum Dunes horror movies with Michael Bay's gentle touch caressing its every nook and cranny. I don't think Michael Bay has a, a gentle anything. Well, the acting in that was a little better than this. Just a little... A smidge. I'm going to say that her her acting in this is community college level. Below that. What's below that? High school drama club. Keep going. Kindergarten Re- spring <laughs> recital level. Retirement home Christmas pageant. All right. It, it, it is unreal. She's one of the worst actresses ever, which is so fitting that <laughs> for <laughs> episode 100, she would be among the worst actresses to ever grace this show. We were so young and dumb that we didn't know what bad acting was but now that now we, i we, oh, we see it from a mile away and she was the worst Kevin, i'm you, shocked by all this i didn't think she was that bad she was horrendous the whole time we, we were dumbfounded thunderstruck it really got my goat kevin <laughs> <laughs> you gotta stop saying that it was so no more <laughs> more <laughs> It was so, her delivery was so monotone and lifeless. It was like a robot. I'm going to guess that I'm much more familiar with this actress than both of you are. What have you seen her in? She was on the show House. <laughs> what the hell was that? It's like you dipped your balls in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, wait, 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 wait. Did it pick it up? Yeah. yeah. Really? For sure. It was like a sound effect. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Yeah. What is she in? She was on the TV show House, which I watched. She was on there for like a full season, I think. Who was she in that? She was one of the doctors. Really? Was this before or after Olivia Wilde? After. It's like the last season of House. Oh, I had stopped caring by that point. I mean, I had been with the show for like a decade. I had to go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Keep going. Go through the motions. Did you, Lori, act like a dick to her? Yes, he did. Spoiler alert on that one. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. right, right, Cool. Okay. But um, she 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 acted in that? It's very similar. Like, I'm not sure that she's really acting all that much like this is seems to be her coming through but she's a very serious person i would say it seems to me like she's not like a smile giggly yeah. type girl as far as i'm concerned this is classic platinum dunes michael bay style you get the hottest people you can you toss them in a movie and it doesn't matter if they can act or not she is very attractive unreal tournament uh, 2004, <laughs> 2004. <laughs> Her hotness was generated with the Unreal Engine. That's yeah, a yeah, fact. yeah, the UDK. Yeah, exactly. Ultra kill. It was distracting. I had it, it was no like Megan Fox style. I have no idea what happened in this movie. Whenever she would come on the screen and there were close-ups of her face, we would just like constantly talk weep. about how hot she was. We just weep. Yeah, it, it, it was like, like, oh my god, it's so distracting. I can't, I, I can't keep track of this super complicated plot. Dude, yeah, yeah. This hot it, was like, it was like seeing the Pieta in person. I started weeping. She was so beautiful. I was like, oh god. Yeah, but whenever she would open her mouth, it was just like, like a knife being wrenched through my skull. Er, yeah, every time she opened her mouth, I was like, I would give her the man the of man a claw. Of claw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she's a Z-level actress as far as I'm concerned. She's unbelievably gorgeous. But hey, 
She's she, she she's has a career S, as S a, level attractiveness. Oh yeah, she's S S elite Darko level attractive. <laughs> she's a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, whatever. So moving on. Ne- next up, Cam Gigandet. Now I'm pretty sure that guy was in Twilight One. He was. Now what'd you guys think? He's trying. Another pretty face. He's trying. There was some beef on that boy. He was the guy from Pandorum. Oh yeah, Kevin. The triumphant. Re- I guess this is the triumphant, triumphant return of everybody. Everybody. <laughs> yep. He was emoting when you put him next to Odette. It's like. <laughs> Is that, is that her name? Yeah, yeah. When you put him next to her, it's like it was like it's like night and day. Yeah, it, it, it w- made him look like he was the greatest actor on earth. It was like Tilda Swinton versus Keanu Reeves right, in right. Constantine, right? Michael Sheen versus everybody in every movie he's ever been in. <laughs> to no contest. Yeah, I agree. He did a good job. Like he was actually trying. I remember I actually said that in one of the scenes that he was in. I was like, at least this guy's actually giving <laughs> give give a, a shot. damn. Yeah, he's just. <laughs> the old college try like this Odette person just like (laughs) farting her way through this all right next up Megan Good the buddy sassy she is like CW drama level act one tree hill yeah I'd agree with that that's that's yeah that's that's all I gotta say on that all right case closed all right next up Idris Elba trying to return that's his ghostwriter spirit of vengeance have we gone toe to toe with this guy I love this guy what a waste of his time I love this guy to be in this film he was brief, but powerful. He brought something to this film, right? He brings something to every film. He's probably one of the most likable actors. I love this guy. Like, you'd like to be his friend. Oh, yeah. Be my best friend. <laughs> best friend. <laughs> oh, yeah, so he, he was really good. He was great. Next up, the only other person in this movie that acted even better than he did, Carla Gugino. <laughs> Not since Watchmen. Toe to toe. So, thoughts, Carla Gugino? At the end of this movie, I was like, why was she even in this? Like, no, is she Julia Roberts? No. But she's a big enough name that you'd expect her to have a line or two. They could have just had a body act as that mother. She wasn't acting. She was just sitting there. Yeah. You didn't need an actress for that. I said to Joel before, I was like, did she even speak? She said one thing. She was over Gary Oldman's house and they were like, hey, do you want to be in this movie? (laughs) All right. They filmed it in like one shot. Yeah. How much work could she possibly have put into this? Like... A one-day shoot? I guess so. I can't imagine it'd be more. But yeah, she's still no good. I'm no Kagujino fan. I can't give her a score. Come on, Kevin. Thing. You've gone soft. No, I'm more not gonna. Than one. I'm, I'm not gonna rate her acting either because she was. She wasn't even in the movie. All right. Well, next up, Gary Oldman. Not since the days of Lost in Space. It's been almost two years since this guy's been on this show. I think. Wow. Well, Gary Oldman. Whenever I think about him in this movie, I keep thinking of the scene where. She she goes and visits him, I guess, at Yeah, the his synagogue. first scene his in this movie. Scene, he just starts acting. <laughs> he acts so hard at her. So fast and so effortless. It, he, it, it looks like it would kill her. <laughs> like, that's how powerful his acting is compared to her. She's like, oh! dies. She withers and dies. I really thought he was this rabbi guy. Like, he blew me away. It was embarrassing comparing this Odette Yusman to him. Do you think he even spoke to her when the scene ended? Probably not, right? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> silence. <laughs> she like, starts talking to him, he just walks away. He just walks to his trailer. <laughs> Come on, I think he did. He's amazing. He's amazing. 
It's, what is he not amazing? He killed it in this, right? Oh, yeah. Killed it. And when he was talking to her, like, his voice didn't even sound like he normally does. Nope. He was a totally different person. Totally blew me away. Unbelievable. What was he doing in this movie, Kevin? He couldn't have made that much money <laughs> to be in this. I don't know. Man is an artist. He's just honing his craft, right? Yeah, he needs to stay current. He, he needs to act or else his, his needed, blade will dull. He needed a, ra a rabbi role in his portfolio. Yeah. He's like, oh, I've never been a ra I haven't been a rabbi in two years. <laughs> I just wanted to know what it was like to be in a bad movie for once. He said it to James Lipston. So why were you in the unborn? <laughs> James Lipton's like shuffling his cards. He's like, I'm going to say it. <laughs> the unborn. <laughs> cool. uh, uh, I lost a bet to Michael Bay. <laughs> <laughs> so we were playing poker at Michael Bay's house. <laughs> Michael Bay's hover yacht. <laughs> Okay, that's pretty much it. Those are the amazing thespians that make up the unborn. Next up. Why? Why are you doing that? S. Why born. are you doing that now? Okay, let's do what we always do at the top of the show. We'll discuss the history. <laughs> You're all out of whack. Okay, that's pretty much it. Let's discuss the brief history of the unborn. Kevin, you did the notes this time around. Did you glean anything of notes from these notes? No, there's practically like no information about this movie out there on the interwebs. So it just appeared out of nowhere, huh? It was, it's unborn. It just <laughs> appeared. <laughs> okay, Rabbi Sendak's name is a reference to Maurice Sendak. Yes! 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 When we watched yes! this movie last night, awesome. and it was like Rabbi Sendak, we started tossing we all these jokes out of our little, little bear. bear. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> Writer of children's horror classic, We're the Wild Things. <laughs> There's a doctor that Sophia is talking about as she recounts her time in Auschwitz is the infamous Dr. Joseph Mengele. He was notorious for selecting those that came off the cattle carts for those who lived or were sent to the gas chambers. He was particularly interested in experimenting with people, whether it be freezing people in sub-zero Test your might, water, or changing the color of the iris of the eye. He also had a deep interest in twins from Minnesota and would do organ switching, blood transfusions, or sewing twins together. Oh, it's That's, interesting. Yeah. When Rabbi Sendak opens the Hebrew book in his office, he thumbs through it in the wrong direction. Hebrew is written in the opposite direction in English. A real rabbi would have opened the book and read it from right left. I think Daniel Day-Lewis would have done that right if he was the rabbi. Absolutely. <laughs> No question. He would have been doing circumcisions like right there. <laughs> for every, spent a year doing those. Oh, yeah. All right. That's all, that's all rabbis do, right? Is they perform circumcision. 24 hours a day. Risks. All right, Nothing Martin. Risks. Oh, my God. This movie had a budget of $16 million. How much did it make worldwide? 80. That's really close. I mean, 76 million American dollars. What do you think of that? That's bogus, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite a profit margin. 16 million investment, 75 million back. That's a Platinum Dunes touch. <sighs> platinum Dunes. Yeah, it turns everything to platinum. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Gold's not good enough for Michael Bay. Gold's Bay's. not intense enough for Michael Bay. It's got to go platinum. Okay, the unborn. So this movie starts off in typical Twilight fashion with a helicopter shot panning over trees. All right, so the girl's jogging. She sees like a mitten on the ground. She picks up the mitten. She turns around. There's some weird looking kid staring at her. Looks like he's, I don't know what, nine, ten years old maybe. Looks like a freak. All of a sudden, the kid turns into a dog wearing a mask. What do you think of this imagery? And the mask has like these puckered lips. It's weird. It's not scary or unsettling. It's just like, what are they doing? What's going on here? There's nothing scary about this movie. Not a damn thing in this movie is scary or interesting or anything. I just might as well get get, get that off my chest right now. <laughs> Nothing was scary right in this the movie. Bat. Like, right off the bat, this is not a horror movie. There's a few scenes that, could, that are... This this might as well you're be... you're a kid, maybe. This is a movie... This is the movie equivalent of a man walking, sneaking up on people with a blown-up brown paper bag and hitting it with his hand to pop yeah, that, that's it over your head. actually a really, really good analogy. Jump scare central. Yeah. This dog, like, runs into the forest. She follows the dog. She finds the mask that the dog was wearing. She like picks it up she's it's attached to something she ends up digging up like a, what like a box or something i don't know i was really confused at this point of what was happening but all of a sudden there's a prenatal fetus <laughs> nice <laughs> Not enough of those. <laughs> we don't we don't get enough of those in the movies we watch. And it like opens its eyes. They cue the very loud sudden music and she wakes up from her obvious dream. Why is it in like a cryogenic tube? <laughs> Can someone explain that to me? It was like the beginning of an X-Files episode. Yeah, absolute absolutely. That's pretty good. That's actually. really good. Apparently she wakes up. This was all a dream. 100 movies, 100 episodes. How many times have we seen that it's just a dream? Uh, probably at, at least half, right? 50 movies have had <laughs> 50 stupid out of dream sequences seen. in yeah. them. She's babysitting this neighborhood kid and his infant brother. <laughs> yeah. She goes upstairs and this little kid is wiggling a mirror in front of a baby because we later we come to find out that apparently it's extremely bad luck to show a baby its reflection because it steals its soul or something. What? what? what was they it? never explain that. And I've never heard that superstition before either. That sounds like something an Amish person would would, would say to me. I hope there's no Amish people listening to this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Well, this little kid, he's got the mirror. joke within a joke. I know. (laughs) This little kid with the mirror, he turns around and, oh, look what it is. It's the little kid from Modern Family. Uh, I hate this kid. What do you mean? The kid's not a Modern Family. What's he from? What's he on? I don't know. The middle. He's on the middle. Okay, maybe. This whole time I thought he was a kid from the Modern Family. He's on the middle. Definitely yeah, not Modern Family. Okay, yeah, he's but he's on TV now. This kid gives Cameron Bright a run for his money. Co-signed. This is the new Cameron Bright. Yeah. He was gunning for that title. <laughs> Hardcore. He would deliver his lines in the most ultra deadpan manner ever, like a cold dead fish. What'd you think? He's a seven-year-old kid. Dude. I don't care. Gary Oldman should have walked him and slapped <laughs> in the no, mouth. But, no, no, I'm going to say the kid was told to deliver that way, right? He's he's being told, be as creepy as possible. And, yeah. And he's a seven-year-old, so he has no idea what that even means. 
No, but I think he did a good job with that. He was like a, a zombie kid. Was he creepy? I thought he was just stupid. Oh, no, I found him creepy. Did you? Yeah, he's creepy. I don't understand his character, okay? Is he possessed? Is he a servant? Don't ask questions like this. Don't ask, don't tell. Nah. No, we've gotten rid of that. She goes upstairs. She hears him saying, Jumpy wants to be bored or some stupid to Jumbie that effect. Jumpy wants to be bored. She turns around. He just murks her right in the face. He just <laughs> bashes her in the head with a piece of glass. All that happens is the parents come home. They apologize. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. He's an idiot. He's yeah. <laughs> a moron. Freaking idiot. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, see you later. She goes outside, and this is the beginning of what is going to be a lot of confusing cuts in this movie, where she is in some situation, some scene, and the camera will cut, and she's in a completely different place, and it makes no sense. It's really jarring and confusing. Yeah, there are multiple times in this movie where the editing was really poor. Well, after all this crap, we get one of this movie's only saving grace. Michael Bay slapped the camera out of the director's hands, took over for a split second, and we got a little taste of his work in Transformers 3. Prolonged ass shot of the heroine. He also grabbed the script and was like, need a shower scene. Here, here, and here, (laughs) and here. Get her naked. (laughs) Oh, I was pretty thankful for this because it broke up the monotony quick. (laughs) She goes to bed, she gets up the next morning, and she she decides to make herself a delicious omelet. We're going to get the first of many bizarre, using nonsensical, nonsensical insect sh- scenes. I don't get this. She's making these eggs. She cracks an egg. And all of a sudden, this beetle ant looking Big bad beetleborg. Yeah, that's, that's it exactly. Metallics. It pops out of the egg. She freaks out. Yeah, but wouldn't you? If a bug that big was inside of an she egg, you're going to She screams like she was just shot. <laughs> That cricket was huge. It was pretty big. I went, whoa. That was one of those, uh... <laughs> that's, it, that's it. That's what you did? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, like, whoa. She decides to go to school on the blackboard all of a sudden and says, Jumbie wants to be born now. What does that have to do with anything? Like, I've seen this movie twice now, and I still don't get what this whole Jumbie angle is supposed to be. Did it thrill you? This is a thriller. It thrilled me, chilled me, kissed me, killed me. Well, Kevin? I don't know why all of a sudden those words appeared on the blackboard. I I guess I don't know. Is she possessed? This movie is so loosely thrown together. Thrown is an appropriate word, right? Is like, it right? It's like, thrown. There's no really rhyme or reason to this stuff. It it's just just throw weird things at us. Weird bugs that get that don't get explained. It's, weird concepts, weird ideas. Yeah, it's, it's all over the map, man. It's like they cut 20 or 30 different movies together, and instead of arranging them in a purposeful manner, they just threw it. Just threw it together. And we're like, all right, cool. This is our this is our story. Go with it. Our heroine, her eyes are changing color. So she goes to the eye doctor and he drops this little bomb on her. He says, hey, guess what? You're a twin. And just out of curiosity, term genetic mosaicism. What do you think of this stuff? I didn't care. I was completely indifferent. (laughs) Yeah, so Martin and I watched the unrated cut. Kevin, you watched the theatrical. And I still don't know what was in here to make it unrated. No clue. You should have watched them both back to back. Oh, you're so right. That was your first mistake. Actually, you should <laughs> have last mistake. You should have had two TVs side by side, two copies oh, of the movie, okay. and played them both. Joel, you brought this up yesterday. Like, if you were her father, how would you treat her? You'd have to like keep her under lock and key. She's right? every father's worst nightmare. Oh, A girl yeah. that hot, mm-hmm. <laughs> you'd be up all night. Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> She's getting banged by some bang some bros guy, by, by the bang bros right now. <laughs> She's on the bang bus. <laughs> this is Dexter's dad, so he's got this stuff under control. Oh. Is it? Yeah. yeah. That Dexter's dad is her dad, and the doctor is Masuka from Dexter. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The Dexter connection. She goes to her father's office, which is like he's at the top of the Sears Tower. He's like a CEO of a Fortune, of like a Fortune, like one hundred company. I'm glad you brought this up. They're clearly rich, right? Extremely. Their house is is silly, like crib style house. Yeah. It's always like rich people that get haunted and stuff. You ever notice that? Tales yeah. from the Hood, Kevin. Just go see that movie. <laughs> it's always like the biggest, most beautiful house on the street that's haunted, right? She talks to her dad. She's like, Dad, I'm sorry that you're talking to Bernanke right now, but I need to, I, I need to bring you out of the out of the meeting. I know, I know you're trying to solve the physical cliff. Yeah, but I need to bring you out of the meeting right right now. I got a really important question. He, he looked pretty pissed too to get out of that meeting. He was super busy. Yeah, he's like, we're having a conference call with the president of the United States. Can you uh, hurry this up? Wait. Can this wait? She's like, no, what, win? <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> I'm busy here. I have like actual work to do. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know, Dad. Just answer. Yeah, you're you were a twin, but your mother lost the baby, and we. You, you know what? <laughs> Darko. <laughs> what kind of weird name is that? Yeah, where is it? Was a nickname. It was a nickname. Is that his actual name? I don't care. It's a weird nickname too. Where do you is. come up with that? Yeah, where does that come from? Jambalaya. Yeah, that's a that's a great basis for a nickname. For for a baby. No, for his, his real name. That was his name. That, oh, that was it? Yeah. So Jumby Jr. He Jr. Jumby Jr. Jr. He killed, he was killed because the umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck, right? Yeah, butterfly effect. He's choked out. That's immediately where I went. This kid killed himself on purpose. <laughs> yeah, he committed suicide in the womb. So if, if she was a twin, do you think her identical twin would have been as smoking hot as her? It was a dude. It was a fraternal twin. Which makes even less sense that they could share genetic issues. <laughs> Martin just casually poked a giant hole in this whole movie. Yeah, it's it's insanely stupid. It makes no sense at all. At so all. Jumbie's not a girl? No. Jumbie was a boy. Jumbie was a boy. Which, look, the, from what I understand, it's the, the way that they're explaining them sharing genetic information is, I mean, I'm guessing that the, the fetus would have developed, I don't know, together, right? So it, it would have been an identical twin. The whatever, gastro, gastro, or whatever would split. Wow. wow. You're like a young Watson and Crick. Linda one. Plus Gregor Mendel. <laughs> Toss in there too. <laughs> I don't know. This is insanely stupid. So put, put, put together some punnet squares for me. Let's map this out real quick. I got some for you right here. <laughs> so she immediately drops another bomb on him while he's in this important meeting. Is that why mom killed herself? Like, oh, what? How did you extrapolate that from his statement? So he's like, no, your mother was depressed, which we find out later is not true. Well, she's sitting around in her attic. Secrets revealed in the dark of the family attic, Kevin. Do <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> Yeah, well, she's digging around and she finds this photograph of Carla Cugino. <laughs> and Carla Cugino's pregnant. And in the background, there's a mirror. And in the mirror is the ghost child that's been haunting her in her dreams. He's blatant. Now, <laughs> yeah, he's clearly visible. Did no one else see this ghost baby in this picture? I guess not. I mean, the dad would have seen it, right? He's the one who took the picture. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, after this, we get one of the old staples of a Yes, That Bad film, although we haven't seen in a while. Bar scene. Oh, yeah. Hardcore bar scene. Not since, what, Killers? Have we seen one this good? So, Kevin, you were really happy to see that they were playing Prodigy, this bar scene, right? Yeah, I was thrilled. I love Prodigy. (laughs) Kicking the Prodigy. Joel, you're a fire starter. So she's at this club with her friends and her boyfriend. All of a sudden, she starts having one of her hallucinations again. The people that are out dancing on the dance floor, their faces are getting all like distorted. I don't know what the point of that was. Then she sees the little devil kid again. Over and over again, we see this mutant ghost kid who screams at her, Gumby mouths her. So she runs to the bathroom. She's in the stall of this dank and dirty looking bathroom. Saw style. She's Lay, she's like basically like laying on the ground, hurling in the toilet. She turns to her left and she sees a glory hole. And she can't wait to stick her eye right into that thing. <laughs> what the hell is the matter with her? Did she not read the very important message that was written around <laughs> that glory hole? In the land of the blind, one-eyed man, man is, is king. king. <laughs> That's pretty clever. That's super clever. There was a real poet that made that glory hole. What's a glory hole doing in a ladies' room? I got a better question. Strap on gonna come flying through? (laughs) A guy sneaks in there, I guess. I got a better question. What was the glory hole made with? The metal looked like it was melted. Did they have a blowtorch in there? Like, make it a glory hole. Like, like when the owner of the bar came in, he's like, this is gonna be the best glory hole. (laughs) It was a finely crafted glory hole. Yeah, I got a five out of five on Yelp for their glory hole. (laughs) Yelp review. There's a lot of user reviews for the glory hole. So she goes to look into this thing, and all of a sudden, these cricket beetle bug things start pouring out of it. Poo starts pouring out of it. Yeah, diarrhea juices. Cocky duty. <laughs> There's bugs and diarrhea everywhere. Coming out of the walls, out of the floors. She starts screaming. Everyone, you know, busts the door down, and there's nothing's going on. She's in the bathroom all alone. It was all hallucination. Great. I've got a huge problem with who busted into the bathroom and how they did it. If you're in a super loud club and there's music playing, how are you hearing this girl screaming in the bathroom? And then I got another question. Why was it her why was it her best friend and her boyfriend? Were they like listening in like listening in the bathroom? Like, they just bust in. That was ridiculous. The very next day, Odette is talking to her friend about what she saw in the bathroom. And her buddy is like, hey, you had a drink last night. You were buzzed. You you just hallucinated. <laughs> you were hallucinating. <laughs> so of a GHB in her drink or something? Like, what is this? Joel, you've imbibed a drink. Pure moonshine. Wood grain alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I drank corn whiskey. Yeah, I, I didn't hallucinate because I went blind. <laughs> I couldn't see anything. My, for the rest of my life. Oh, so when she was looking at, at, at the box up in her attic and she found the picture of her mother or whatever, she found a, a news article about some woman. So she's like, hey, let's follow up on this. Like she's Batman following up a lead from 40 years ago. I don't know why she thought that was a good idea. Cold case. Yeah, great. So she goes to see this old woman and starts asking questions and this old woman starts telling us a story about Nazi war criminals and it's like, what's happened? <laughs> yeah, where's this going? Where's this movie going now? This this movie's completely gone off the rails. It's just off the rails. It, they're, they're just making stuff up. When we first saw this together, 
all of us were like, what is this? Because this was a fairly conventional ghost story kind of a movie. Now we're, we're going into Wolfenstein 3D territory here where Nazi war criminals were doing satanic occult. I was just waiting for Hellboy to pop in and rescue her. You might as well, right? That's a really good point. <laughs> So, Kevin, what happened in this Nazi camp? There's this mean Nazi doctor who is performing weird experiments on twins, especially. He was... I don't know. They didn't really explain it all that much. They were trying to change eye color. I guess he was trying to make them all have blue eyes if they had brown eyes. So that's why this weird eye color change things happening to her. So the old woman was at this concentration camp when this was happening. She had a twin brother and the twin brother was experimented on and he died. But he rose three days later. (laughs) But according to her, it wasn't her brother. Something had taken over his body and it's something called a dibbuk, which I I had never heard of before. You didn't watch Rugrats? Christmas special? He had to hit him with his clobbermeister. Well, Kevin, you know, the Dybbuk has come back in a big, big way. Have you seen that uh, movie recently, The Possession? Of course not. That's, Why would I? That's about a Dybbuk. If this thing is so insanely powerful, as we see later on in the movie, how is that little girl able to kill it so easily at, in, in the Holocaust? <laughs> <laughs> Little girls were just way tougher back. Oh, really? Really? Because later on in this movie, this thing is literally capable of doing like insane supernatural stuff by like throwing people. It it kills everybody. It kills everyone. Yeah. yeah. So she she notices that this isn't her brother anymore. Something's taking possession of him. It's a pretty big leap to make when you're a child. Yeah. But she kills her brother. Like she basically with her bare hands. Right. (sighs) They don't show it, but that must have been what happened. She dashed his head with a rock. Here's a question I have for you guys. Would it really be so bad if this ghost came back to the real world? No. What's the consequence of him taking over some guy's body and then walking around in the real world? What's the big deal? There isn't one. I never got the sense this is a bad thing. He took over the body of a dead kid and was riding it around. He wanted to come back to life. I don't know. It's a slippery slope. Yeah, once a Dybbuk starts coming over, they're going to get other weird stuff getting over. So according to this old woman, because she brutally murdered her brother or whatever was possessing him, this Dybbuk has a grudge, the grudge, yeah, against her and her family. It was really the grandmother's fault, if anything. She says that, like, his blood is on our hands. It's like, no, it's She not. was the one who killed him. Yep. Blood's on your hands. So she, she goes to the library and she gets a book on Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> 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 yeah, one-wing day. Angel yeah. is playing over and over again. <laughs> She gets some old uh, book that's in Hebrew, and she's given the name of a rabbi to go see that will supposedly help her. So she goes and sees Rabbi Gary Oldman. Rabbi Oldman. Oh, my God. Breath of fresh air when that guy came in. It was like there was a rancid fart cloud hovering over us. And when he showed up, we breathed easy. Like Moses parting the sea? Yeah, he parted the fart cloud that's (laughs) hovered over this movie. Yeah, so she's like, look, I got to Dybbuk. Yeah, I got a Dybbuk problem. Can you help me I got out? A problem. And he's like, yeah, he gave her an estimate for, <laughs> for the work, parts of labor. Yeah, he's like, I'll give you an initial estimate. I'm going to need you to sign some paperwork. And he's like, you're crazy. No such thing. I'm not giving you an exorcism. And he's like, get out of here. She's like, gotta help me. Please just at least translate this for me so I know what it is. So she leaves. Gary Oldman, later, he has his own vision or dream. Or I'm I don't really think it was sure a vision or a was. dream. This is really happening. Yeah, I got the sense that it was 
was actually there. And a dog with an upside down head starts harassing Gary Oldman for no reason whatsoever. Why does it care about him? If anything, this hurts it, right? It's it's motivating someone to help her. Yeah. Why? It's motivating the only person who can help her. (laughs) It's like, this is written just to progress the movie. Kevin, what'd you think of the upside down dog head? It just looked weird. It wasn't scary or anything. It just looked weird. I thought that this was the only scary part of this movie because it's in a house of God and it's just like, it's taking a sacred thing and just making it dirty and unclean and like showing its power. Like he goes down into like this amphitheater of like the synagogue and it's like this upside down dog head. Like there's a demon in the middle of his house of God. So we cut back to Odette. She has pretty much locked herself down in her house. Her dad is still not around. He just up and vanished, right? Like never to be seen again. He went on that like one little business trip and that's it. The boyfriend's been gone for a while too at this point. He he just kind of disappeared after the nightclub. He's on the Pandorum ship playing around with Dennis that's, a, that's a really good point. So she has isolated herself, which I thought was really weird, right? Like if this is happening to me, I want people around me. I don't want to be alone. There's little kids popping out of mirrors, freaking me out. I don't want to be alone for that. Her friend comes to see her. She hasn't seen her in days. And the weird little kid from the beginning that had the mirror and, and slashed her face, he comes riding out on his little play school <laughs> tricycle. <laughs> so good. And it's the best part. He hurls himself in front of their friend's car. Okay, so this kid is in one of those <laughs> tricycle things that's literally like an inch off the ground. She hits him with a car, and he goes flying over the top <laughs> of the car. How is it even possible? This is cut together so poorly. I'm really glad you were able to experience this, Kevin. <laughs> I'm really happy for you. What What'd you say when you saw this? I was like, this makes no sense. <laughs> Joel Physics and I, are out the window. Joel and I rewound this 50 four, times. five times, watched in slow motion, <laughs> and we laughed, laughed, and laughed. <laughs> this, this doesn't get less funny the more you watch it. It gets funnier. <laughs> the kid would have just been smushed, right? He would have exploded. She hit him at like 40 miles an hour. So she gets out. She's like, oh, man, I just ran over this kid. (laughs) She gets out. The kid's just standing there. He's completely unharmed. He's like, don't help her. Don't you dare help her. Yeah, if you help her, he'll kill you. So at this point in the movie, I'm just super confused. Who's the villain here? Jumby. Where is Jumby? Is Jumby in this kid? Is he in the other weird ghost kid? He wants to be born. Well, where is he? He was unborn. (laughs) Did you see? The movie was unmade. <laughs> she goes to see Gary Oldman again. Gary Oldman's like getting weirded out by the upside down head dog thing. And he contacts another guy who has some experience or knowledge of exorcisms. So Gary Oldman, he's, you know, he's got the uh, uh, fire lit under him now. He's a little motivated. So he translates the Hebrew text and they set up to have an exorcism run by his friend Idris Elba, buddy Luther. I'm happy to have. <laughs> <laughs> and they take them over to to the insane asylum and they set up, I guess, what is like a paramedic station and like all this stupid. Yes. I, I didn't think it was stupid. I was like, wow, this is legit. I was like, if this was happening by the response, like responsible people were in charge of this and this was happening, like this, this is probably what it would be like, right? Like they brought those big lantern things to light the place up. They got EMTs there in case something happens to her physically. She's on the video. They're like, you're here under your own will. Say that to the camera. I thought that was pretty good, actually.
actually. I was pretty impressed with that scene. Gary Oldman doesn't play games. You're right. He doesn't. I mean, there's that one time he turned into a giant spider <laughs> creature, but that's not here or there. <laughs> At this point, her grandmother's dead, by the way. Oh, yeah. Who cares? <laughs> who cares? That who old cares? woman was her grandmother. That old woman was her grandmother, and she's dead. Who cares? Some guy in a wheelchair Has crawled an upside down his head. head upside down. Not scary in the least. You know, she's... Uh, okay, so she's having this demon exercised from her. I didn't even realize it was in her. Yeah, that was my question. What's being exercised? This thing seems to be all around her, right? Right. I was confused. I didn't know why they needed an exorcism. All right. Well, the exorcism at first doesn't go so well because everybody gets killed. (laughs) Yes, this thing shows up and just starts killing people, right? Like it has a physical manifestation. Right. And it can interact with people. Why the hell? It's it's there. What does it need to be born for? This is like Vigo all over again, right? Yeah. Like he's in the world (laughs) touching people. super powerful. Yes. I can only imagine that going into a human form would make him less powerful. (laughs) For sure. It's insane stupid. In the form he's in now, he can possess whoever he wants. He can control them. Yeah, he possesses Idris Elba. At that point, you're set. You're not going to get any better than that. Just <laughs> walk, amazing. walk out the door and you're done. But no, that's not enough. He wants to be born in this woman. Yeah, so I guess as he comes into that room, he kills everyone. He's in Idris Elba. He's, Jim Gordon gets knocked out. And uh, so he starts chasing Odette and uh, her boyfriend down the hallway. They hide. Idris Elba, you know, he could probably do this without being possessed, but he busts through the wall. Is there a more intimidating person than him? I mean, that guy's just huge. To chase you? No. Right? Yeah. That's huge. Eventually, the boyfriend gets possessed. Gary Oldman, he shows up. He saves the day, just like you expect a Gary Oldman to do. (laughs) He starts, you know, chanting out the end of this chant that he's doing, you know, to finish the exorcism. Gets it all done. Boom. The boyfriend goes flying off the balcony for three million feet. Yep. Lands on the ground. Body just disintegrates from the force. Everyone's dead, but she is saved. Thank God. At the expense of seven other people's lives. Yeah, it's a good thing that they did this for her. Great. (laughs) They should just kill her. Save some lives. So she's like, why did this thing pick me? Why did it choose me? And she's... She, she, she realizes that she's, she was throwing up, getting dizzy. These weird things were happening to her. Pregnancy test came back positive. It's <laughs> like, how is this happening? So yeah, it turns out she's pregnant. She goes to the OBGYN. She's pregnant, what, a day? And they're already doing an ultrasound, which is completely unrealistic. Not only that, but the fetuses are like fully developed. Yeah. And it turns out, oh, she has twins. Nesmic. <laughs> <laughs> The end. Yeah, shocking twist ending. It's like, bum, bum, bum. She's pregnant. Jumby wants to be born now. Okay, what does that mean? I don't know. I don't know what, at this point, the movie's over, and I still don't know what the mitten was about. I don't know who this nine-year-old strange-looking kid, I don't know what his deal was. I don't know why the other kid was possessed, the kid from across the street. Yeah. I don't know what the bugs meant. I don't know what anything means in this whole movie. This 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 movie is insane, how little sense it makes. Just pure insanity. Linsanity. Yeah, well, that was the unborn. Yeah, let's find Great. out what the real critic has to say about this movie. Uh. Before long, 
along, the connective tissue between scares starts to call attention to its own preposterousness. Peter DeBerge. Variety. Unless we trudge up the aisle prematurely, we're stuck there with nothing to do but count Oldman's changing accents or mourn that this is the best gig actresses like Alexander or Gino can get. Stephen Witte, Newark Star Ledger. Nice, count. And finally, if the use of Nazi atrocities as a MacGuffin for cheap thrills offends you, The Unborn isn't your movie. If, however, you appreciate the sight of a half-naked beauty being terrorized by potato bugs. Look no further. Raffer Guzman. Newsday. Okay, guys, this movie currently holds an 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. But is it really that bad? Come on. Here we are 100,000 episodes later. Is it really that bad? I regret seeing this again. I had forgotten how terrible this movie is. <laughs> I, I were young and foolish. We didn't know what a bad movie really was. Oh, but- I have no clue. But now we have some experience in this uh, genre. And oh my God, this this is up there. This is up there with the worst movies that we've ever seen. This is terrible. We really started this podcast over the bang, right? Just inadvertently stumbled on one of the worst pieces of junk. Yeah, it was accidental, but I mean, it was really apropos. This movie is horrendous. The acting is terrible. I mean, it looks good. Visually, it's interesting. Who, whoever... It's Platinum I Dunes. Mean, it's Platinum Dunes' is touch, I guess. But no story, no acting, nothing redeemable about this movie that's going to hold my attention. It's just just nonsensical scene after nonsensical scene. Yeah, for me, yeah, this movie is definitely that bad. I didn't have to sit through this twice like you guys did at least, but I'm going to give this a one out of five. Acting's pretty bad. It's just, I guess my main issue is that none of this story makes any sense. I still don't understand it. I could probably watch this movie a hundred times and not understand it. I don't know what these bugs had to do with. I still don't understand the overflowing diarrhea scene. (laughs) I I just don't get this movie. And, you know, I don't like scary movies to begin with. This didn't really have many scares in it, but it was just stupid and boring. I could care less about that. As for me, is it really that bad? Yes, absolutely. It really is that bad. I mean, we saw this before. We had any clue what we were doing, but man, this is one of the worst. This is ranking, right? Top 10 worst movies we've seen. Absolutely. This makes the cut. This is an awful, awful movie. One out of five. There are no redeeming qualities to this film. The only thing that's worth a damn in this movie is Odette Yusman's hot bod. That's <laughs> it. And that can only take you so far, right? Doesn't take you very far at all. At least Megan Fox can act a little bit. Way more than this girl can. Comparatively. Give her yeah. that. You gotta give her that. Kevin's a little doubtful here. A little I'm doubtful. I'm definitely doubtful. Megan Fox can act, Harrison. Oh, Odette Yusman. But my God, there it's like there's it's, it's almost like there's an inverse correlation from hotness to, to act for in, in a Platinum Dudes movie. Yeah, the hotter you get, the worse you are. Uh, well, the exception is Gary Oldman. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> smoking hot beef. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, this movie's absolutely terrible. So, so, congratulations! 100 episodes! 100 years, 100 tears for Kevin. <laughs> Is there way more tears than 100? Okay, let's read some listener mail. Hey guys, a couple of months ago, me and my family found out that my cousin Leslie had cancer in her right foot. One of her biggest complaints was that she had nothing to do during chemo, so I showed her your podcast and she loved it. She told me that your show was the only thing she liked about chemo. She said she was always the only one in the room laughing. She had to have her foot amputated and the cancer is gone now. Now she listens to your show during her physical therapy. Just wanted to tell you from both of us, from the bottom 
bottom of our hearts. Thank you, Andrew. Wow. Yeah, that's. I'm glad to hear that. Bring you know some levity. Uh, Laughter is the best medicine. It is. Yeah, absolutely. Samantha writes in and says, "I have heard what other people think you look like in their heads, and I would like to share my thoughts on what you look like in my head." Joel, you look like Vash minus a red coat, replacing it with a blue hoodie. Trigun. Martin, you look like Yusuke, but with Spike's fashion sense. Kevin, I envision. Uh, Kevin, I envision you being shorter than the other two. You look like Kenshin, minus the scar, ponytail, and replacing the red hair with bright blonde color. Roroni Kenshin, keep up the great work. Kevin, did you get any of those? I didn't understand a thing. Uh, (laughs) Joel, you look like the 50 billion double dollar man. Yeah, I'll take it. The the humanoid typhoon. What is happening? (laughs) These Dragon Ball Z references? No, absolutely not. (laughs) Derek writes in and says, Hey guys, been a big fan of the show since episode one. And I am in Joel's good graces. I own the infamous episode seven. So I wanted to ask some episode 100 worthy questions for you all. One, Kevin, can you now tell us why you got so mad at the Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack? Two, Joel, can you show us now what you all look like? And finally, Martin, can you tell us who that woman was in the early episodes of the show? Okay, that's all I wanted to ask. Please don't stop what you're doing. When I'm bummed out, I listen to your episodes and I get all cheered up. But I'm sure you get crap like that all the time. Thanks for being so funny from Derek. Kevin, why'd you hate that soundtrack? I don't think Derek's getting any of those answers. (laughs) I think he's gonna gonna walk away severely disappointed. Kevin, the soundtrack. I have no problem with the soundtrack. <laughs> you hated the soundtrack. Yeah. It's like a knife in your ears, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll say who it was. It was a girl that I was dating at the time, but didn't work out so well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both the people that Martin and I were dating when this started were no longer with. I yeah. wonder why. Something happened. Yeah, gee, what was the one constant? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, I'm not revealing what I look like. (laughs) (laughs) That's not happening now. Yeah, a little fun fact about the uh, podcast here. I've been unemployed for the past six months, and now I have a new job, and I sure as hell am not going to (laughs) announce that I'm doing this there. So, sorry, guys. You mean CEO of Yes, yes that bad isn't number one on your resume? <laughs> I have to keep it secret, so I only have midnight meetings for Yes, that bad business. <laughs> Bill writes in and says, Big fan of the show. I'm only up to episode 50, so forgive me if I'm behind the times. If you are still accepting listener questions, I have two. One, who would you want to play you in the Yes, that bad your film? Two, who do you think would most accurately play you in the Yes, That Bad movie? I see the following. Joel Ralph Macchio with Paul Giamatti as the older Joel narrating the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin as Scott Bayo, or if budget permits, Shia LaBeefcake. And Martin, finally, Jason Bateman, if it's a drama or rom-com, Dominic West, if it's an action adventure. <laughs> That's those are all pretty choices. <laughs> I'm Paul Giamatti. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like how you got Scott Bayo. Uh, Scott Bayo. Scott Bayo even act anymore? I don't think so. No. He's a beef though. Well, who would be you in the movie, Kevin? I'm the Rock. Without that, I, I I called it. If you're calling Rock, I'm calling Gosling. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> He's the one who most accurately portrays <laughs> your abs. <laughs> 
Uh, probably Brad Pitt. Time teleported back from Fight Club era. Casey writes in and says, Congratulations, you've successfully made it through 100 episodes. As a special thank you from me, I have 10 questions that I want to ask. I wanted to do 100, but I couldn't think that hard. To be honest, I jumped on board around episode 30 and have been listening since. So here we go. 10. If you could bang any chick from a movie that you viewed on your show, who would you bang? Megan Fox. Kevin's taking long and hard. Tilda Swinton? Only if she's androgynous Tilda Swinton from Constantine. <laughs> she absolutely is. Yeah, okay. Olivia Wilde. Nine. When did you all meet for the first time? Uh, I met Martin in college. I met Kevin in the seventh grade. Eight. How have you made it through four Twilight films without noticing your testosterone rate slowly decreasing? We all wear dresses now to work. It's very embarrassing. I take testosterone supplements. <laughs> That's the only way you can get through the days. <laughs> Seven, if you could go back in time to help yourself out during one episode, which episode do you think deserves the most help? Don't watch Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah, I'd probably go back in time and stop us from watching that movie. Six, do you plan on releasing the Gamer episode anytime soon, possibly as a premium episode? Gamer is already available for you to download. Go to facebook.com slash yesthatbad, click on bonus episodes. There you go. I don't know why you want to listen to that, but uh, there it is. Five, if you could move from from movies to video game LPs, who would be player one, player two, and who'd be player three? I don't understand what that's... <laughs> <laughs> we play video games on YouTube. Talk. I don't know. Player one, I guess, right? It's your podcast. Speaking of video games, what video games do you like to play? I just fired up my Dreamcast the other night. Some Sega's fishing. Seaman? No, I, I should crack that open, right? You should. I think so. I don't play video games anymore, quite frankly. Yeah. I don't really have any time for it. I don't have time for much. Tell, I'll tell you that. I've been playing The Simpsons Taps out on my iPod Touch yeah, I play all iPhone games these days. Sad existence. It's <laughs> pathetic lifestyle we lead. Three, could you try to get more chicks on your show? Could we try? We could try. Would we want to? No. <laughs> A resounding no. And our female listeners have made that abundantly clear. It's true. Because we've posed the, we posed the question before. Yeah, and I got 10 trillion angry emails from female listeners saying absolutely not. So the answer is no. No females on the show. Sorry. Vetoed. Gotta have your miscarriage. <laughs> yeah. I had to check for a penis at the door for you to get in here. <laughs> Let me see that card. <laughs> Whip it out. Two, I've tried putting beef into a cake. How do you make it work? <laughs> Uh, you, you, you just get like a glass Pyrex canister and you just strip ground beef in there. Well, first you got to get really excited about whatever it is you're doing. <laughs> Zip it down, stick it in. It's a hot beef injection. You're ready to roll. <laughs> and finally, one, if you could equate movies to punishment, what film from your 90 previously reviewed films best represents A, a punch in the nuts, B, Hitler's gas chambers, and C, skydiving without a parachute? Sucker Punch is like, that was that was Hitler's gas chamber for me. <laughs> that was Buckaroo Banzai for me. Yeah. I guess I'm going to have to go with this list last one. Yeah. We got a Nazi reference, so we might as well go all the way. So oh, okay. unborn. This last one was a punch in the nuts for me. Yes, it was. It was. Skydiving without a parachute implies that we were really surprised it was terrible, right? Like you pull the cord and you're like, oh yeah, no! You're like, 
Yeah, but there's nothing you can do to stop it. You're, you're, you, you see the impending doom coming. I'm going to say that's deja vu for me because I was riding so high for so long and mm. it came crashing down. Kevin writes in and says, Hey guys, my name is Kevin and I was born in the same year as Kevin on the show. It's a little known fact that all Kevins born in the same year have a psychic connection and anytime we hear another Kevin's voice, we can see the world through their eyes. Therefore, every time I listen to you guys, I am suddenly in, yes, that bad world headquarters, staring right at Joel and Martin's sweaty faces. So now, after all that time of watching the ragtag team of, yes, that bad podcasting it up in honor of your 100th episode, I decided to draw you guys. Unfortunately, all I've ever seen of Kevin was his skinny little fingers, but I drew Joel and Martin. Here's what I got. Your fellow New Jersey and Kevin. So here's, here's what he drew. That's oddly accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Strange how accurate that is. That's probably the closest that these have gotten, right? Why am I singing How to Save a Life off in the bottom corner? <laughs> <laughs> That's you. You're singing it. <laughs> Wow. All right. Eerie. Yeah. Eerie Indiana. Yeah. When I close my eyes, that's how I see you. <laughs> I see you as a drawing just like that. Brian writes in and says, greetings, gentlemen. Fidelio. <laughs> now that the, now Thank that, you. Now that the password is out of the way, I thought I'd congratulate you on, on your 100th episode. I listen to several movie podcasts, but yours has become my favorite by far. You are the Constantine of podcasts. Well done and thank you. I also wanted to tell you about the legacy you created. I'm a police officer in the Vancouver area of Canada. My commute to work is about an hour, and yes, that bet has helped me unwind after many rough shifts. More than that, it has helped me be a more effective cop. Let me explain. My job is to disrupt street-level crime in my community, and I encounter many drug dealers, hookers, thieves, mentally unstable people, homeless people, and regular people just having a bad day. My technique for dealing with them has become the Quaid cage. If the person I'm dealing with is overly animated, I go Quaid. No emotions, deadpan delivery with a hint of threat in my demeanor. If they don't react, I may go cage. Overly animated and off the wall crazy. I've been able to out crazy some really crazy people this way. <laughs> <laughs> I've adopted some of the terminology too. I just had a habitual offender tell me an obviously false and very long story. I explained to him that this was a piss poor performance per <laughs> predicated on the perception that police are pointless and promoted his preying on the public. Thanks again for what you've done for the Canadian justice system. My department is reviewing my business case to switch to tourist judges and I expect <laughs> them to be denied yet again any day now. But who knows? Third time's a charm, right? If that is true, that's the greatest email we've ever gotten. Okay, thanks for those emails, guys. If you want to contact us, you can reach us at yesthatbad at gmail.com. Okay, now it's time to announce next week's movie. And in honor of the Christmas spirit, we're going to watch the world's greatest holiday classic movie ever made. Ever. Ever. And of course, that's Arnold Schwarzenegger's masterpiece, Jingle All the Way. Have either of you actually seen this? No. Nope. I haven't seen this either. Oh, we're in for a real treat. Little holiday gift. There's only one movie. I watch and that's a Christmas story. 24 hours a day on 24 TBS. 24 hours on TBS, yeah. Okay, thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Please leave us a positive review on iTunes. Those five-star reviews really do help out the show. Please help spread the word of the show to all your friends by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash bad. And you can listen to the show on all your mobile devices via Stitcher. You can get that at stitcher.com. Once again, thanks for listening to the show. See you next time. Martin, what?
What's your history with this? Um, I saw this movie once with you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we were so young, so foolish. Yeah, we were dumb. Young, dumb, and amateur hour. What a noob. Who the fuck leaves their phone on? Wait, it was you. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. What? <laughs> Turn it to off! What in God's name is this? <laughs>